0: So I'm curious. I'm curious to know how many of you out here today are homeowners who are currently taking care of yards on your own. I need to see hands. All right, keep those hands up. And I want you to take a look around at your fellow sufferers. (laughs) Yeah, you all know what I mean by fellow sufferers, right? Especially this year. Now, keep those hands up, come on. Now take a look at all of your friends who do not have their hands up. Those of you who are blessed by condo or apartment living or have the blessing of a lawn service. Now those of us with our hands up, repeat after me, look at your friends without their hands up and say, lucky dogs. (laughs) Yes. Those of us who are having to tend to our own yards this year are certainly very envious of all of you who do not. Now, is it just me, or has this been a rough spring and early summer with yard work? This year, we can certainly blame it all on the rain and the near-perfect temperatures that have contributed to crazy growth in our lawns and bushes and trees and, of course, the weeds. And how about those helicopter seed pods? I have maple trees growing everywhere, from my lawn to my flower beds, and even in the awning over my back patio. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but it has been a personal struggle to keep up with it all. So in the midst of my battle with nature over these past couple of months, I have become somewhat fascinated by weeds. And as much as I can't stand them, and as much as they frustrate me to no end, I have decided to embrace weeds and what they teach me. First of all, I am intrigued by by the fact that one week I will pull up a weed from my flower bed, and the next week, in the exact same place that weed was growing, a whole new species of weed has grown in its place. So in other words weeds are diverse. They come in all shapes and sizes, colors and heights. Next, I have learned that weeds clearly need no invitation to show up in your yard. They need no seeds. They need no cultivation. They just show up completely uninvited. Now, why is it that lilies or daisies or marigolds or lantana don't just show up and start growing like weeds do. I've also learned that weeds do not discriminate. They could care less where they grow. They just grow. They aren't picky. I have weeds in my lawn, in my flowers, on my driveway and sidewalk. Some even are growing up out of the bricks in my porch. And I'm more than certain they are everywhere in your yards like they are in mine. Weeds are also incredibly persistent, are they not? Even the smallest of weeds sometimes seems to have the deepest of root. And though they are gone today, you can bet they will be back tomorrow. And finally, I have learned that weeds are not afraid of heights. I had quite the weed nursery growing on and growing in my backyard gutters this year. Now, admittedly, this is a testament as to how well I've been keeping up with the cleaning of my gutters. But still, maybe if I wasn't having to mow my lawn every day and weed all the time, I could actually clean out my gutters properly. Anyway, I'm starting to sound a little bitter, am I not? So to curb my bitterness here, I'm going to change my attitude, and I am going to do my best to rejoice in the wonders of God's creation. And with all of its richness and diversity and wonder, and I'm going to thank God for the weeds in my life and for the fast-growing lawn. Because the reality of the matter is, I have a home and a roof over my head. I have a beautiful big yard that allows me to host barbecues for family and friends where we can play lawn games. And I get to enjoy watching the birds and the rabbits and the squirrels in my backyard sanctuary. So it's a blessing. Weeds and all. So this summer, our RGPC Kids Summer Sunday School is spending a lot of time looking at the different parables and stories of Jesus. And this week, they are learning the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast, which is the scripture lesson that we read today as well. I know you have heard me say this before, that Jesus is a brilliant teacher. So many of his teachings to us are tangible. They are real things to which his listeners could relate. And first century Palestine was a very much an agrarian agricultural society. So Jesus often used the visuals and metaphors of seeds and gardeners and planting and harvesting, all things which people of the day would be very familiar. And even though we are now a very industrial, technological society, we still could not persist without agriculture. In fact, 11% of the entire earth's surface and 44% of land in the United States is all dedicated to agriculture. So even though most of us living here in Metro Detroit, and a high percentage of us who work for the automotive industry, we may not relate specifically to the work of agriculture, we can appreciate its necessity, even in the 21st century. In today's scripture reading, Jesus is trying to give his listeners an idea as to what the kingdom of God is all about. And he uses the metaphor of a mustard seed, the tiniest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it grows into a significantly sized plant, big enough for the birds of the air to come and perch in its branches. Now here are some fun facts about mustard trees. They can reach an average mature height of anywhere between 6 and 20 feet, with a 20-foot spread, although exceptional plants can reach 30 feet tall under ideal conditions, and it grows wild throughout much of the Middle East and Africa. The stem of a mustard plant also becomes dry and wood-like, which gives it the aspect of a tree. It can grow all year long in warm climates, and frost makes the leaves sweeter, while warmer weather makes them even spicier. Now, the mustard tree is not the source of the seeds used to make condiment mustard, as those are harvested from a special herb. So I believe that Jesus is saying two things to us here in this passage. Theologically speaking, as believers of Jesus Christ, we view his kingdom to be an amazing place of the future a place of peace and rest and rejoicing and worshiping. Yet we also believe in the kingdom here and now. We believe that we have the ability to work together with Christ to make his kingdom known here on earth. And we do that by loving our neighbor, by serving one another, by worshiping God not only an hour on Sunday, but in all the moments of our lives. We bring God's kingdom to earth when we show kindness to a stranger, when we love the unlovable, when we respect our elders, and when we give to the poor and needy. Here at Rosedale, we bring God's kingdom to earth when we clean up neighborhoods in Detroit, when we feed the hungry with food deliveries, when we comfort those who mourn and struggle, when we open our chapel and sanctuary for worship and prayer, when we teach little children that they are loved and valued, when we give teenagers the opportunity to serve others, where we financially support missionaries and other causes, and I could go on. All of these things that I mentioned, they are little, tiny acts of love and service, aren't they? Tiny like a mustard seed, yet if you have been the recipient of any small act of love and kindness, you know how it makes the biggest difference in your world, doesn't it? Oftentimes, being the recipient of kindness can mean the difference between a dark, lonely, and painful day or a day of comfort, light, and joy. So often, it does not cost us much, if anything to reach out in love and kindness to someone else. And this is what Jesus is saying to us. He says, look, even the smallest thing can turn into something grand. This is what my kingdom is all about. It's about tiny seeds, tiny acts of love that grow into something wonderful and useful, that grows into something that comforts and brings peace. That grows into something where all are welcome and can find protection from the ills of life. Jesus also says the same thing with the idea of yeast and how it is so small, yet, when added to flour, it expands and grows and makes all the difference in the world. And Jesus has asked us to be partners in this, to be partners in the planting of tiny seeds that grow in the here and now and make a difference to all who come in contact with our labors, whatever they may be. Even the smallest amount of good stuff has a huge effect. And yet, we also live in a world full of weeds, don't we? A world where stuff creeps in and pops up and grows when and where we don't want it to. Just a few more lines past where we read this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus says this, the weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. So there you go. Proof that weeds are indeed the spawn of Satan. Jesus said so himself. (laughs) So cursing at weeds is completely acceptable. These weeds that we contend with on a daily basis are uninvited. They are persistent. They are diverse. They are invasive. And they can pop up into our lives seemingly overnight. We contend with weeds of hatred and bigotry, apathy, racism, sexism, greed, and disrespect. We are immersed in a culture where everyone with internet access has been given a megaphone and a world stage upon which to sow weeds of discontent, voice hatred, spew lies, and create chaos. We inhabit a society where news media has become opinionated rather than factual. We live in an age where being glued to our cell phone screens is more appealing than being present to the people around us. We live in a day and age where the peaceful kingdom of God is threatened on a daily basis, where the weeds of darkness grow up right alongside the seeds of light and kindness. And what happens if we ignore the weeds and just let them go? Then they take over and consume the landscape in chaos and disarray. They take over the flowers and the plants and it, that one time offered peace and beauty. They strangle all that was good and pleasing. When we ignore the weeds, eventually we become used to them and we don't mind being around them as if they belong there and we become immune to their presence and no longer see the hurt that they are bringing about to all that once was good and peaceful. And because we have been called heirs of Christ's kingdom, that means that we have some work to do. It requires something of each and every one of us, It means that we have to tap into the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that is working in and through each one of us. And we need to rely on its strength to keep planting the mustard seeds of faith and to diligently uproot the weeds of darkness. And like actual weeds that grow in our backyards, we know that it's almost a daily battle. We pluck up and remove and they keep coming back. But don't lose heart, my friends, because Jesus has promised that we do not labor in vain, nor do we labor alone, for he sees our good works, and he has promised to labor right along beside us. So perhaps, as heirs to God's kingdom and children of God, as people who know our marching orders and what has been asked of us In order to make God's kingdom known here and now, maybe we need to have the mindset of weeds. What if we each looked inside of ourselves and discovered all the good that we have to offer this world? And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become kingdom weeds. We become weeds of goodness that are persistent. We become weeds of goodness that do not discriminate. We become weeds of goodness that are invasive. We become weeds of goodness that will go to any heights to spread the love and the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we get plucked up and uprooted, and we will get plucked up and uprooted, we will have faith that we will be strong enough to start all over again, and we will continue to plant and to grow and to cultivate peace and love and kindness. Because this world needs it and needs it desperately. Because quite literally our lives and the lives of our loved ones depend on it. We get the privilege of tending to God's kingdom right here on earth, And watch how even the tiniest of seed can grow into the biggest of trees. So let's tend to God's kingdom. And let's be kingdom weeds. Amen.